Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we debunk the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Today we are sticking truly to breastfeeding. I have the great privilege of having with me today Dr. Jane Morton. Dr. Morton, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Marie. Dr. Morton has had a fulfilling career as a general pediatrician with a long-standing interest in breastfeeding. She has conducted research on human milk and breastfeeding and has designed and implemented breastfeeding curriculums, novel practice changes, and policies. She produced award-winning videos including A Preemie Needs His Mother, Breastfeeding a Premature Baby, Making Enough Milk, The Key to Successful Breastfeeding, and a Mother's Touch, Breastfeeding in the First Hour. These have been translated and widely used in thousands of hospitals to train staff and new mothers. She designed an educational website for expectant mothers with the goal of preventing common breastfeeding problems, and that is www.firstdroplets.com. As an executive board member of both the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, she has enjoyed working to enlarge the footprint of breastfeeding, both nationally and internationally. For a five-year period, she joined the neonatology clinical faculty at Stanford to develop the breastfeeding medicine program. In that position, she had the opportunity to design a nationally recognized educational program, conduct and publish original research on milk production and composition in mothers of very low birth weight infants, and publish a study with the American Academy of Pediatrics on the efficacy of a breastfeeding curriculum for physician residents in training. She co-authored the book, Best Medicine, Human Milk in the NICU. She has published extensively and presented her original research and educational workshops internationally. She teaches at Stanford, where she is an adjunct clinical professor of pediatrics emerita. So once again, uh, welcome, Dr. Martin. <laughs> Thanks, Marie. Honestly, um, I, I must tell you that I'm not sure I want to say that I've read everything you've ever written, but (laughs) (laughs) there are studies that I have read more than once, twice or three times. I routinely assign your articles to my comprehensive lactation course that I teach. By now, I teach both live and uh, online. And uh, I really feel that you have done so much in the way of good science but you have a way of presenting that that makes it feel to me like there's just so big of a clinical so what. And it's really <laughs> gratifying to see that you really seem to understand where the rubber meets the road. And then I read your latest one that was published in 
uh, breastfeeding medicine. And I, that was just a few months ago, really, uh, 2019. The hands-on or hands-off. Yes, the yeah. hands-on mm-hmm. or hands-off. Mm-hmm. And I must admit that when I got started with that, I thought, now, wait a minute. Is she saying that we should put our hands on patients? And I think that to some extent you were saying to assist, but you certainly were not suggesting that we get in the way or be offensive or any such thing. But anyway, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? It was a relatively short article, but informative. Can you yeah. talk to us a bit about that? Sure, sure. Well, um One of the things that, um, in trying to sort of pick up the key points of um, that very kind introduction, um, is that I've sort of had my hand in a lot of different pools here with a fairly heavy dose of of, um, full-time clinical practice uh, for over 40 years, and then getting into... um, more of an academic situation with research and doing six years of that. Um, And uh, so uh, when I started, um, uh, only 20% of American mothers were breastfeeding. Mm. And compared to at least in California, where it's about 90%. And it was also the time when many mothers were just deciding they wanted to go back to work. Mm. So there was an all-time low of breastfeeding and an all-time low of working mothers. And so when they started having babies, they thought, okay, I'm going to go to Jane because she breastfed her daughter and she's working. And they came to me and uh, ended up with just miserable problems. And uh, um, because in those days there were there was really no good research or um, educational tools. There was no lactation consultants. There were no pumps. There was nothing. And so that started me on a quest of really just um, everywhere I went around the world, I would try to find the mavens in breastfeeding. And then we started conducting research on various aspects. And so I've I've been lucky enough to um, to have a fairly broad experience, and um, now I'm at a point where, um, having uh, you know spent a huge fraction of life trying to train um, professional people, I'm really now at a point in my life where I'm focused, where I'm quite sure. That if we empower, and I really don't like that word very much, but I can't think of a better one. (laughs) But if we give mothers and their partners the tools ahead of time before they have a baby um, to use these wonderful hands of ours um, in trying to help their babies breastfeed, um, in in not a rocket science way, but in a very sort of ordinary, comfortable way once it's explained to you, um, that I think that uh, we could prevent a lot of the uh, problems that, in fact, lead to the huge 20% drop-off at one month. Yes. And the most common ones being issues with attachment and issues with milk production. And so learning before you walk into labor or and delivery or 
uh, or even in labor and delivery, how to use your hands um, to express milk, to hold a baby, to position a baby, and so forth. You can take advantage of what we now know is one of the most critical times of all, the first hour. And um, if I may say, the first hour frequently sort of slips away without a lot of professional help, just the most critical time of all. So if we pull in mothers so they can themselves protect their breastfeeding experience, I'm hoping, and there are some studies that we're uh, uh, other people are doing at this point using a brand new video that anybody can download, anybody can put on their phone nice. called um, Breastfeeding in the First Hour, It's in Your Hands. Mm. And <clears throat> the article is simply uh, a review of the science so that um, anybody, but particularly professional people, can take a look at why this makes good clinical sense and why there's supportive research to uh, uh, um, to, to base all these statements on. I hear you talking, and the first thing that comes to my mind, uh, I, I promise I will not um, take the show away from you here, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that, that first hour is actually how I got involved in breastfeeding in the first place. I was a nurse working in labor and delivery. And one night I got to see something I had never seen before. And that was a baby self-attach and have a fabulous breastfeeding experience. And I remember standing there and thinking to myself, I don't know anything about this breastfeeding stuff. But I know that this looks right, and it seems to work. Mm -hmm. And I made the effort to follow that mother and baby for the next few days. And what I found was they had a fabulous breastfeeding experience. And without much, if any, research to back me up, uh, we're we're talking 40 years ago here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. I just intuitively knew that the baby knew what to do, and it just all worked. And one mm-hmm. of the things that you pointed out in your recent article here was searching for the breast is an olfactory response rather than a visual response. Mm-hmm. I think that's just so important for us to to remember mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the baby is born with that ability. He knows that it's there. Yes, and I completely agree with you, Marie, um, with a caveat, and that is that doesn't always work, but let me get back to that, and let (laughs) me get back into that in a a minute, but um, just sort of going back to the uh, fabulous research that's been done on uh, the olfactory connection between in utero and extra uterine, between before delivery and after delivery, that every mother has a unique profile of pheromones or scents, smells in her amniotic fluid that prime the newborn before delivery um, to root, uh, to suck, uh, to swallow, 
And so by the time a baby is born, they're swallowing roughly 50% of the amniotic fluid and peeing it out each day. And many are born with little sucking blisters on their hands and (laughs) so forth. (laughs) Um, And uh, in the what are called Montgomery tubercles, or the little bumps on the areola that secrete an oil, the same pheromone is in there as it is in early milk. And so the remarkable studies that were first done um, took babies uh, in the first hours of life and took the amniotic fluid of one mother and put it beside her then sleeping one or two-year-old and the baby would wake up and begin this lunge towards the 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 fluid yeah 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 you're thinking of the verendi studies yes yeah but Uh not the not the case if it was uh some another mother's uh pheromones and interestingly enough even in many species not even mammals but in many species like salmon the way that salmon go back to their uh, birthplace to spawn is the olfactory. So it's a powerful tool embryologically that, uh, embryonically that we've, um, uh, that has sort of jumped through species, different mammals and, and so forth. So that, it's, it's quite beautiful so that blind babies find the breast just as easily, just as, easily. Uh, as seen babies do. Yeah. Um, I, but, I was fascinated in uh, that series of studies. In one, they said the formula-fed babies would even root towards their mother's breast pad. Because yes. clearly, even though they were not having the mother's milk, they were on formula, they still recognized that smell, which I just thought was phenomenal. That's right. That's right. There's that that uh, n- programming for so-called nutritive behavior is remarkable. But having said that, I think that um, in watching over four decades of lactation support, there may be too much of a sit back and do nothing uh, um, or talk someone through it uh, um, lean um, because what happens now is people come and think, well, if breastfeeding is so naturally, why oh. doesn't it always come naturally? Oh, yeah. They do. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think of how unnatural either things we've done before or at birth, um, what we've done, for example, surgery being one, whether it's a C-section or whether it's a previous breast surgery that a mother's had with augmentation or uh, reduction mammoplasty, uh, whether it's it's delivering a baby prematurely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whether it's induction and drugs, um, th- these are babies that are then compromised yeah. and to um, assume they're supposed to figure this out on their own and latch onto their breast to, by themselves and effectively nurse by themselves um, the same way that their um, more um, natural vaginal birth babies without medication behave at term. I think um, that really gives a great disadvantage and puts many babies at risk. Yeah. 
so that so that simply um, uh, and the other thing I have found is that when mothers come to me with just excuse me for the description, but with just hamburger nipples. Oh, that, yes, yes. That um, when they say, Jane, I'm not going to do this anymore, I just quit. And I say, okay, I want you to trust me for one minute. What I want you to do is to take a breath, look at the ceiling, and I'm going to hold your breast, and I'm going to hold your baby, and I want you to relax your shoulders mm. and relax your hands and just breathe, and I'm going to put your baby on well for you. And almost, you know, 95% of the time, the first thing out of their mouth is, how did you do that? Do that. <laughs> yeah. And, that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it, there's, you know, it's, there's no magic in it. Yeah, it's yeah. just, and so that... It, it, once you teach them, and when it's and it's when they're in pain, it's not the best time to teach them. And when their milk production has suffered because they were unable to empty their breasts in the first hour, not empty, but to yeah. begin yeah. the expression process, that then you've really deprived them of a huge opportunity to not have to swim upstream and not have to grin and bear it, but to, in fact, really begin enjoying breastfeeding from the very first minutes. Oh, well stated. Well stated, Dr. Morton. And guess what, everybody? We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back with Dr. Jane Morton. Don't go away. See you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report. 
so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host, and I am here today with Dr. Jane Morton. Many of you know Dr. Morton from her publications, her videotapes, her books. Uh, she's just a mountain of knowledge, and we have the great privilege today to be able to talk with her. Dr. Morton, I want to talk with you a little bit about where we left off. We talked about the importance of getting these babies to breast in the first hour of life. And yet I know that in my young day, I worked with those preemie babies that quite honestly could not go to breast in the first hour or the first day or the first week. It might be some time before they actually got to breast. So first of all, some mothers recognize that they are at risk for a premature delivery or some simply have it thrust upon them. But how do you help them to get their milk supply going and um, carry on? Talk to us about that, if you would, please. Okay. Well, if one is fortunate enough to have a mother who is not sick, not overly medicated for hypertension, that oh, yeah. she's just sort of uh, dozy and so forth, or if she has her partner, one of the things I would now do is to ask her to watch a 15-minute little video about uh, um, breastfeeding extremely premature babies or babies who are going to be away from you. And, um, And as many of you might be familiar with, I've broken it down into three segments, into A, B, C, because I think that it behooves us as teachers to make things as easy and memorable and so that you don't have to think, what did she say? So I've broken it down to A for attachment, how a baby latches and transfers milk from the breast, B for breast milk production, and C for consumption or calories or what the baby takes in. And as teachers, what I've done, what I've done is I've used that 
format for both mothers of term healthy babies as well as mothers who are probably rather terrified because of the situation that they're just about to uh, have of delivering a very tiny two-pound baby who's going to be in the NICU for several months. And um, I think it's, um, if you go, if you have mothers or if you go yourself to the First Droplets, www.firstdroplets, with an S, dot com, website, and watch the 15-minute video, it sort of holds your hand and takes you through how you get to eventually have a baby who leaves the hospital uh, being able or on the right path to breastfeed. And the, the critical ingredient for all mothers, uh, the most the strongest factor associated with how long a mother is able to breastfeed and how exclusively she's able to breastfeed is her going to be her milk production. But this is particularly true if you have a baby who's separated from you because the, our NICU experience has taught us very well that if you have a balanced supply and demand you're producing as much as your baby needs, that baby most likely is never going to learn how to latch on to the breast and feed. And what we now know is that mothers who are committed to triple feeding, meaning they have to pump, try to get the baby to feed at the breast, and then bottle feed or spoon feed or cup feed, but all those three things that usually take well over an hour. Yes. If they have to do that for much longer than a couple weeks at max, they usually give up. That gets old. So, yeah. Yes, it's way too hard, particularly if you have a sick baby anyway or a, or a compromised baby. So if you can go back in your own brain to the days when you first learned how to ride a two-wheel bike and you had that aha moment when you realized that if you go fast, you can balance, but if you put the brakes on, you fall. And great analogy. If you have milk that just flows out because your production is up closer to a liter a day, then... I find that things like nipple shields and so forth are much less likely even useful. I agree. That a, that, uh, uh, a baby can make plenty of mistakes with her weak <laughs> jaw, her weak neck, uh, and still keep that access and in keeping the access of flow. She doesn't drown. She can just stop. And then she goes, and, and then it comes easily, and she can become an expert much faster. So that if you, if you lean on, instead of A, B, C, if you lean on B and right away to get that up early and fast and high, that um, just like blasting a rocket ship off, if you can break through straight up to the stratosphere, then you get to coast. And that was our experience uh, 
with these nearly 70 mothers who delivered babies less than 30 weeks with an average weight of a two plus pounds. Yes. And um, the way we did that was we really got them into, uh, and now there's a lot of research to support this, that if you, and rather than pushing a pump into labor and delivery, you can just use your hands or your partner can. And in our studies, it was the partner who was most valuable. And that could be the grandmother or the husband or the friend or the whomever, but the designated hitter. <laughs> yes. Uh, so if, if, if they understand ahead of delivery that using your hands right as soon as you can to just begin and don't even bother collecting it. Don't get into this every drop is golden stuff because really what we want to, the message you want to send is just to do it, do it, do it, and don't worry if you can't collect it. Mm. Do it when you're on the phone. Do it when you're, when you're in the bathroom. Do it when you're in the shower. Do it when you're talking to your partner. Do it when you're whatever, whenever you can, just use your hands to move milk. And um, yeah. then then you're up to 15 times a day and you can begin your, you know, rental pump uh, pumping at a much more leisurely pace. I mean, still the, there's a high frequency need to do this. But you can begin, you don't have to sit there and, and figure out a machine right away when you're kind of interested in seeing your baby and is everything okay, can I go to the NICU? You can simply use your hands wherever you want to. And um, so if you see it as um, your your way of continuing the in, in uterine gift uh, that you gave this baby uh, of touch, and holding, and nourishing, and scent, um, the, that between skin and skin, skin to skin, your milk, um, your immunoglobulins, um, your active and passive protection that you're giving this baby, your role in caring for this baby is probably one of the most important things that happens in oh. that NICU. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You bring me to a question that I find difficult to answer. I think I understand it well, but I have a difficulty putting it into words. And note here, a podcast is only audio. We don't get to show things, but... Mm-hmm. Um, help everyone to understand your HOP, hands-on pumping technique. And mm-hmm. I ask this because what I find is that people will say to you, you mean hand expression? Well, no, not really. You mean mm-hmm. just pumping? Well, no, not just pumping. And mm-hmm. then they're trying to say, well, can you explain this better? I say, go read what Dr. Martin has to say. So, <laughs> so help us to understand about hands-on pumping. And I want to point out to the audience that in one of your studies, I can't remember if it was the 2009 or the 2012, you had a 48% increase in volume 
through the hands-on pumping technique. I was blown yes. away by that. Yeah. I was blown it, away with that. Well, we had no idea that <laughs> when we did the study, we had no idea that this would be so useful either. We actually didn't have any idea hand expression would be either. But <laughs> so... So when the mothers, our goal was to see, okay, does this flange work better than this flange? Does this pumping pattern work better than this pumping pattern? And the truth is, none of that was particularly important uh, as long as it was big enough and comfortable enough and, and, uh, and the mother wasn't getting hurt. Okay. But what was most important was um, once she started using her hands, her diary just showed this immediate jump up in her production. And uh, so um, so let me explain it a little bit more. Let's go back and think about what happens um, with milk production and with milk release. So think of each little alveolar factory unit as a bit of a, like a balloon with a basket of myoepithelial or muscle shells around that balloon. And with a letdown, and there are approximately four letdowns per pumping session or per feeding session, with each letdown, those um, muscles compress that balloon. And in the process of doing that, the fat globules that are inside the milk-producing cells get extruded into the lumen. And then the lumen, with this letdown, dilates up about fourfold in diameter, and a high-pressure system is created, and the availability of fat-rich, calorie-dense milk comes towards the end of that evacuation of milk. Now, when the high-pressure system subsides, there's a retrograde or lateral flow of milk. And so uh, what we found in the research is that hand-expressed colostrum and mature milk has a much higher fat content to it. And remember, <clears throat> fat is critical for the myelinization of the central nervous system. Nervous so, system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so that rather than 20 calories per ounce, the milk that you express with hand expression, which I'll describe in a minute, is roughly 24 calories per ounce with double the fat content uh, that has had previously been reported and this was with over 5,000 samples of milk being analyzed. So, yeah, so, so, so what's going on? So if you, if you just put the phalanges on a breast and have a mother double pump and put, take, keep her hands off of her breast and then go back as, say, a professional who's used to feeling breasts and feel her breasts, what she's done is she softened the breast that is um, pretty much the the first third or half of her breast, but not the periphery. So that she has a lot of milk in the periphery and 
that what is happening is that with these high pressure systems and uh, uh, if she uses her hands and compresses her breast at the same time, she's using the suction of the uh, pump. The milk has a continued forward flow, not this retrograde flow and, and doesn't sit there. So she's more effectively emptying the periphery and that she's more effectively emptying the fat-rich milk, which in the dairy industry is the strongest signal to increase production. And the dairy industry puts a lot of money into production. I did not know that. Yeah, so it's it's fascinating. So when mothers, so we in our in our uh, um, office while we were sort of showing mothers and they could see on the screen because they where their milk output was being quantified right breast and left breast on separate screens they could see and they could see in the flanges the sprays of milk coming out rather than just oh, the drips uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah um, uh-huh. Th- that uh, uh, so they would start off with double pumping using their hands in any way they want to sort of massage, compress whatever the breast, particularly in the periphery. And then when the production slowed down, they would take the shields off, turn the machine off, and wait for a couple minutes, have a drink of water, maybe go to the bathroom, and then come back and do one of three things either continue doing exactly what they were doing for the smaller volume of milk, which, again, sends the biggest trigger for production, or do one breast, and in the videos that are available both on First Droplets and on the Stanford website that is titled Maximizing Milk Production, you can see some others simply use the phalange as a collecting thing. They hold it down oh, up like uh, a cup, right? Yeah. And they either hand express or they just use their hands on one breast and, and um, the pump on the other then and go right, left, right, left, right, left. That switching frequently is really important. And so they would each personalize hands-on pumping so they f- really felt that they had themselves discovered they, they learned about their breasts and they learned about their breasts so well that the incidence of mastitis, despite the fact they were producing an average it's of a liter milk. of milk a day was yeah. incredibly low. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I read that study, I thought, oh, I must be missing something here. Like how exactly did they do this? And then I realized they were just doing it kind of, they were winging it, basically. It, it, it seemed like just each woman was responding to her own body. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Dr. Jane Morton. We'll, we'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. 
Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894 and ask for your bulk discount. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Dr. Jane Morton. Dr. Morton, another question that I get from mothers is, you know how, especially if they deliver many, many, many weeks before term, sometimes the first time that they hand express or they pump, they get out very little, really, and sometimes Mm -hmm. they get out nothing the next time around. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions I frequently get is, how long should the mother leave the pump on when she's in that situation where she's getting nothing? Mm-hmm, what are, mm-hmm. what, how, do you, how do you respond to those mothers? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, one of the very interesting things that, that's come out in the research is that 
expression in the first hour is your largest volume. Yes. So that, uh, and then it starts getting smaller volumes until about 48 hours, and then it starts picking up. And we're talking of colostrum. And um, so that, 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 of course, is normal with the hormones of delivery, the, um, especially with not artificial oxytocin, but one's own oxytocin. oxytocin. The, the, yeah, the, the um, release of milk is much easier, which is, of course, why it's most fun and successful to show a mother how to hand express uh, in the first hour. And um, and get her comfortable with it, and and getting her to realize that this is what it normally looks like. This is what it normally feels like. This is you can do this, and it might be a little bit less in the next few times. But that boost one of confidence of, is so important. Oh, the, you you just nailed it. I think that what happens is when when the nurses come and say, Jane, like this mother's not getting anything with hand expression or pumping. Usually, what's happened is that you know it's um, she feels so on stage, she yes. feels so broken, she yes. feels, and that um, really showing her the technique and having her say try going into the shower, and try just being by herself and relaxing, try listening to music, try just using breast massage or heat. Yeah. And and then doing it in a way that doesn't hurt. A lot of people sh- pull, the, shove the pump up to higher pressures, and no, anything no. that causes pain is is defeating. Yes. So so um, learning, feeling comfortable, getting to know your breasts early on, how to use your hands, and having that confidence, I think, goes a long ways. Um, and but. Uh, even if it's just the, and in the video, even the uh, on first droplets, the brand new one that we didn't mention in the introduction, um, for term babies, you can see that mother uh, using her own hands uh, very comfortably as she's pregnant, which we now know is perfectly fine in the last month of pregnancy. It does not lead to preterm delivery. It is not something I, that we yet know is safe to do or advise mothers to do before the the last month of nine full months of pregnancy. But at any rate, the, so um, I, I think that just understanding that even if it's small volumes, even if it's just going through the um, trying different techniques um, trying a pump, trying your hands, trying different positions, um, uh, trying different phalanges, and just see, to try different things like uh, um, putting a warm, uh, wet washcloth on your breast and massaging yourself for five minutes before you try anything. Try not having so many guests around. Uh, yes. um, d- just experimenting a little bit, I think, has been... Uh, useful, but but again, I think that this whole notion that um, we should all sit on our hands. A lot of times, mothers can't do it until I say, "Would you like me to try?" And then I try, and I usually say, "I'm not going to get." It. I usually take my hand and I put it on her shoulder, and I say, "My hands are very cold, and I want you to. Is this okay if I put my cold hand on your breasts?" 
So I start off with just touching her, not her breasts. And then I say, okay, now, and then I usually draw a little circle of where my thumb is and where my pointing finger is so that she'll know where to put hers. And then I say, nothing is going to come out for the first minute or so. So while I'm doing this, let's just talk about your baby. Where did you get that name? Uh-huh. And if, if you get her to concentrate on her baby, not on when the drops are going to come, and just start talking to her in a regular volume, relaxing, sort of soothing thing. And then, look, oh, my heavens, we have a little bead. And once you get the milk flowing, then you say, now I'll tell you what, I want you to keep your hand as relaxed as you can, just like when you're asleep. And let's put your thumb here and scoop your hand under and your pointing finger here. And now I'm going to do all the work, but I'm going to put my fingers on top of your fingers. And let's see if we can keep the flow going. So I'm very comfortable, and I try to make mothers very comfortable um, um, with using my hands because they typically make perfectly they're common mistakes they all do. They they pull out thinking they yeah. want the milk out instead of pushing back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or they get their work. fingers too close to the nipple. Yeah. And uh, so that, that it, it, if you, I mean, we're not talking about a rectal exam here. We're talking about <laughs> hands-on breasts. So, so. Um, there, uh, you know, I don't, I've never used gloves. I've never, but I always ask permission and I always say, I want you to tell me if anything I do, do bothers you in any way, um, physically, or if it bothers you emotionally, just let me know. And, uh, um, and so you kind of g- g- gradually get into this much more intimate relationship and uh, uh, can you show me on this side? Can you show me on this side? And then there's, you know, then there's a comfort zone that is um, unbeatable. It's just fantastic. I think what you're saying is when the woman herself realizes that those little beads, those little drops of milk are coming, mm-hmm. and then eventually it gets to be a little bit more, mm-hmm. but the idea is that it's, as as they will often themselves say, it's really happening. It's really coming. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's I, I didn't know I had anything is the yeah. phrase that most people say. And yeah. and um, and again, I mean, I, I don't sit there with uh, tubes and spoons and everything else to try to collect when I'm doing this. I just say, let's just kind of get into the technique of getting it out because the more you get out, not only the more milk you make, but the sooner your milk comes in. So you're not wasting it. You're not wasting it at all. All you're doing is uh, is guaranteeing that in the future, you're going to be able to produce more milk. Mm. You just made me feel a little bit better because I do fear that people think that I'm going to, quote, waste it. But the way that you just worded it, um, <laughs> you helped me to realize that there is more where that came from 
and mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. like stay with it. Yeah, there's not an unlimited. Uh, there, there, there's not a limited supply. The right. more out, the more you produce. That's how you. That's how you trip the system. And uh, um, if you wait till you have all the collection collection tools, you don't do it as frequently. And it's the early, the frequent, and the effective removal of colostrum in the first three days that programs your breasts to know how much to produce in the future, that programs your breasts so that they know, does this mammal have a litter, a litter of 10 yes. or two or one? Yes. And okay. so, again, for a mother of a very low birth weight baby, you want her breast to think she has twins because, right. because that's right. what that's what you want that milk production up there. And I don't I don't say you know volume. Uh, I don't usually say okay, it has to be this volume or that volume, but just as much as you can make as early as you can make, and even if your baby's not eating, just get it up there. Yeah, because I think that people get performance pressure. As mm-hmm. as any of us do in any situation when we feel like somebody is watching, somebody is counting, somebody is in some way expecting us to uh, perform, so to speak. And as I was hearing you talk about you won't do it as often if you wait until you have the spoon or whatever it is that you're going to collect it in. That's it's, right. It suddenly dawned on me. She's just trying to uncomplicate and unencumber this situation. That's right. Things like right? trying to collect it or wash your hands yeah. every time or yeah. uh, all this attention to hygiene or whatever is just, uh, I think, really gets us backed up into or c- c- calculating, okay, how many hours has it been since the last time? You know, just if you're nursing a baby on one side, express on the other. And sure. if you're if you're sick... In our study, one of the really we should have even made it perfectly clear that the people who really were the most helpful were the partners because they were the ones who, with these poor sick mothers who said, uh, "Want me to help you hand express?" Oh, please do, and they would collect these little volumes and be the milkman and take it to the NICU. And so they were, they became totally plugged in and supportive of their role. And uh, that was immensely helpful. Wow. What's, what's great insights that we have had today. Certainly, uh, I know that there is always the ideal. Yes, we want to have, as you said, collection and good hygiene and all of those. We do want those things. We do. But we can't necessarily get all of those things all at once or in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. we do, it might be at the expense of the stimulation. Of production. Yeah, which is really Mm -hmm. the end game. Because if we don't have the production, quite honestly, you know, it's really going to fall apart. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I've been speaking with Dr. Jane Morton. Dr. Morton, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure, Marie. And may I also say... 
I would really appreciate people downloading the video, giving it to their parents, that there's one for the mother who you may deliver prematurely or at term. And we just last week opened our, our Instagram for first droplets. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so, so please, and e- I, I have promised people that I would write little blurbs about uh, uh, answering common questions like, is my baby getting enough or sure. sleeping and so forth. So that please take a look. Uh, would love to have you join our conversation. And for those of you who are listening, um, I will be sure to put the, those links on mariebiancuso.com. Thank you so much. Bye-bye great, now. Great. Take care. Uh-huh. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.